Welcome to the panel RNZ National and it's lovely to be back with you. Wallace Chapman is my name. Kia mau tono mai koutou katoa coming up on the programme. We'll be crossing to a post-Cabinet media conference where the Prime Minister will outline whether or not we ditch COVID restrictions that just after four on the panel. Also, a public holiday to honour the Queen has been announced. It'll be Monday, September the 26th. Now, what I'd like to know from you is, do you support that or do you not? And why or why not? Let's gauge the reaction today. We'll have the results for you at the end of the programme. You can text me, 2101. Also, very soon, a company that has Matauranga Māori at its core and is doing some incredible things on the world stage. We discussed also today there are age restrictions for things like voting, alcohol, tobacco. But lotto, if you're a child, you can just go in and buy one. We talk about that today. Plus, Qantas now lets customers pay to get an empty seat next to them. Highly selfish or an elegant solution. All that on today's panel, our manahiri this afternoon, Tiwila Fuatai, writer at Etangata, Māori and Pacifica Online Sunday magazine. Tiwila, kia ora, lovely to have you on the programme. Tēnā koe, Wallace. Thank you for having me. Lovely to be here. It's a pleasure. Also with us, lecturer at MIT, Steve McCabe. Kia ora, welcome to you too, Steve. Kia ora, kōrua. Thanks for having me again. All right. Well, Tiwiki Otero Māori this week, Māori Language Week, and a pretty special week commemorating the 50th anniversary of Te Pitihana Reo Māori. 14th of September, marking the 50th anniversary of the Māori Language Petition. And we'll have some guests that weave Te Ao Māori into what they do across the week. One being Kiwa Digital. Now, Kiwa Digital is a world-leading Māori-led creative cultural agency, and their CEO is Stephen Renata Napuhi Nakuhi. Stephen, tēnākoe, lovely to have you on the programme. Tēnākoe, Wallace. Well, first, tell us about Kiwi. I mean, the company has been involved in some pretty incredible projects, you know, dubbing hits like Squid Game, Lion King Reo Māori, Disney Moana. Tell us about Kiwi. Um, I think probably you'd start with the name. So Kiwi is a name gifted to us, uh, which relates to Moana Nui Kiwi, otherwise known as the Pacific Ocean. And the stories that uh, we're able to create through the technology that link everybody that is on that Pacific Rim around the world. Uh, we do two things. One, we have uh, media localization tech uh, software that is used for things like dubbing. So you mentioned Squid Game, Netflix. Yeah. And the other is a software platform that allows us to build native digital apps that help with people's literacy and cultural competency. And last year, you were ranked in the top 10 of the most influential people in global content localization technology, as you said. And something you've said, Stephen, is that you put um, you put that uh, in part down to Māori values that you and the company hold. Yeah, um, I think the, uh, the reference to being the top 10 is uh, a little bit influenced by our impact working with the likes of Netflix and Amazon and Disney who have done a lot of dubbing worldwide and we've helped to drive that what's called English dubbing boom which is taking foreign content into English um, which is where you get the big viewership numbers. But I think from a Māori um, different tangas if you like um, it would be around uh, tanga. so really thinking about how we try to help and ensure that our content's 
a client's content is well looked after. It you know, starts with their own Māori whānau here in Te Aotearoa, but then also working with people around the world. Yeah. And um, also the creativity side is you know, how, to, how to take technology and, and be agile with native and cloud programs uh, and um, even look at hybrid solutions, which is really the big buzz now. Yeah, we've got a panel with us as well, Stephen. I want to jump on in, but uh, can I just say from a, <laughs> a personal point of view, because I've got a little four-year-old, little junior here, and he is just uh, absolutely entranced by, or oh, actually particularly Moana, uh, the story mm. around that. But you must be, you, you and your team must be pretty proud of, uh, you know, what you've been involved in uh, in the last uh, few years. Absolutely. But I do want to meet uh, to Matewa Media, uh, Chelsea Wynn Stanley and uh, Tweety Whitey over there, who actually did the actual dubbing. Uh, what they used our software voice cue. Um, but with these sort of projects, when you're going from one language to another, it's really a um, a Farno sort of uh, model that really makes it happen. Yeah, let's bring in uh, Tewila. Tewila, what's uh, your thoughts on this? It's wonderful to see these types of projects uh, evolve here um, from Aotearoa and uh, go out into the world. Yes, I was. I wanted to ask. Um, sort of how many languages you guys are working across, Stephen? Um, the, the software will handle up to 900. Uh, the reality is that the big players are working around sort of 25 to 30 languages. Um, but, yeah, we, we work with whatever the clients want. And how many uh, languages do you have um, sort of down in Timwan and Weakewa from around here? Sorry, can you repeat that? I didn't quite hear that. I was going to say, how many languages do you have from around the Pacific? Um, Pretty much all of them. Um, All of our Pacific nations we're working with, and obviously (laughs) Te Reo Māori and so forth. So, yes. Stephen, um, you're also part of the tech sector in a way, aren't you? Stephen, are you there? No, not there. In terms of uh, Mātauranga Māori... Uh, Stephen, it's a very important strand in what you do, but you say it's a little underrepresented in tech. In fact, you say that Māori and Pacifica are excluded from the narrative. Do you want to explain that a bit for us? Yeah, if we look at the statistics, I think it's uh, less than 4% of Māori. Um, And and my narrative around the exclusion is, is more related to how the sector promotes the careers that are, that are involved in the sector to mining Pacifica. And um, often, my experience, you know, I'd consider myself quite young in the sector, let's mm. call that seven or eight mm. years. A lot, of the, a lot of the semantics that are used, they're usually developer-centric words. And um, the, develop, the developer group within the technology sector are obviously critical because without algorithms, you don't have software. But there are so many digitally technology-enabled jobs that come out of that. And I think as a sector, we could do a much better job of explaining what those career paths are no. and what skill sets uh, align more to Māori Pacifica initially for those that are not doing sort of STEM subjects, which is where the developer career path sort of started, and um, just create more of a, an awareness of what's possible as we build up the uh, rangatahi who are going to be going through those STEM pathways to become developers. 
Yeah. All right, let's try and get in touch with Steve McCabe. Speaking of tech, Jolly Zuma, you there, Steve McCabe? Certainly I'm, Wallace. I'm uh, right here. And I'm, yeah. and I'm fascinated to hear what Stephen's saying because yeah. uh, I can remember for, for years I, I taught in a, a South Auckland high school with a very large number of, of Maori students. And, and the narrative was very clear usually that the, 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 the Maori toira don't usually do um, STEM. That's hard. And I used to see... Um, very, very able Akongag being funneled into, you know, the, the, the easier or the slightly less prestigious courses, because that's what they go. And so it's fantastic to see uh, Mataronga Maori being recognised for, for what it's worth and actually taking its rightful place. This is a brilliant story. Stephen? Yes, absolutely agree. Um, it's, you know, like for me, coming into the sector relatively late and not knowing really what the sector's about, it, it feels like it's a marketing 101, comms 101, strategy that needs to be applied to the sector to tell these uh, and share with our mining Pacifica folks here's actually what's inside it. Let me give you one example. You could be talking to uh, Rangataragi about their ability to uh, sing perhaps <clears throat> or to use their voice. Well that translated into becoming a voice actor. And to become a professional voice actor you would use software like our software voice cue. That little story is not often explained mm. how you go from a simple basic skill but what's the career down the track, 10, 15 years, well, that involves technology use? And I think more of those stories would make it easier for Farno to understand, OK, that's where I can go with a skill set, with some work, with a little bit of tech supported, and um, you know, have an amazing career. It's an amazing story, Stephen. Uh, thanks for being part of it. I'm going to hear more off a card. Or, uh, thank you for your time here on the panel. Uh, and that uh, company there is called Akiwa, uh, and they are looking for, uh, you know, people to be part of the team there. So uh, why not uh, um, do a search and see if you can be part of that there? That is a Stephen Renata, their CEO. Needless to say, a really big response on whether or not you support a public holiday to um, honour the Queen's death. Wallace, I support a day of mourning, but why on South Canterbury Anniversary Day. We have a holiday on that day already, says Gary and Tiamaru. Another one here, I do not support this. In this post-climate business, businesses are struggling to get back on the feet and having another holiday where they have to put um, uh, put um, their wages up works against them. We can have a Remembrance Day some other way. Uh, and another one here, yes, it's great we have a public holiday to mark the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Keep those texts coming, 2101. We'll have a bit of a response to uh, your reaction uh, in terms of a poll at the end of the show. Uh, and again, thank you so much for your feedback uh, to the panel. Right, time for I've Been Thinking, T-Wheeler for time. Take it away. Yes, so <laughs> I've been thinking um, about the plain language bill, which is going through Parliament at the moment. Uh, it's The name is quite self-explanatory. It's basically about um, proposed legislation that would make it a priority for government organisations which produce uh, resources that we need to use as, um, you know, like everyday people, uh, to make them easier to understand the gist of it. Yes, um, the it doesn't plain... seem... Keep going. Yes, plain language bill. I was just going to say it doesn't seem like that complicated and that you'd think you'd need legislation around it. But it's, yeah, it's going through the uh, uh, bill, bill process. You support it? 
I do. I think that, um, there's been some quite interesting points made during the um, submission process, which is, do we really need legislation to do something which would seem like it's common sense and perhaps should be part of someone who is producing information for public consumption? Like that would be a something that you should be prioritising anyway. So I think that's quite an interesting conversation that's going on. But overall, I do think some of the things that we see come out from public agencies probably can be just made easier to understand. <laughs> all right, yeah. uh, all right. Tia Wheeler, thank you. Uh, Steve McCabe, I've been thinking. Well, I've been thinking a little bit about um, town planning and, and how towns are growing in New Zealand. And, and obviously this is, this is uh, inevitable. You know, uh, population will grow, towns will grow as a result. But we need to be managing it so much better. I've been watching my town, Pukekohe in particular, uh, sprawl. And it's just growing at the edges and we've got new neighbourhoods growing. We've got a huge development coming up in Pairata Rise, just outside town. Um, and the problem is there's no infrastructure to support these developments. Uh, Pirate Rise is going to be well, well, allegedly, yes, we're going to have 5,000 dwellings over in Pirata Rise very shortly, and we've got a cafe, and that's all. Uh, and this is inadequate. And so, <laughs> is yeah. it good, and a good so cafe, we, good coffee? It, the, the coffee's not bad, and most importantly, there's an electric car charger there, which is fantastic. <laughs> but that's not enough. And so Pukekohe Town Centre is increasingly getting choked, and it's getting harder and harder to get parked. I mean, we're lucky we live within walking distance. We never drive anymore. You wouldn't, because you can't park your car. Uh, and there's new developments. There's there's not even bus routes supporting them. These 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 developments are sprawling out and out through town and and we need these towns to grow we have to we understand that but what i'd love to see is some kind of provision where you can't build a new neighborhood a new development without having some kind of provision a dairy a cafe uh something that can anchor it so it doesn't mean that more people are simply driving because they can't walk it's too far and there's no bus service there's got to be driving. they'll have to there's, there it, must be go and have a closer look not yet um, they've not caught up yet um the these are these are subdivisions which are all just small connections of streets they're not really big enough to accommodate buses quite frankly um and and so Auckland transport need to catch up with that as well but for the time being we can't simply have these towns growing yeah. without any kind of limitation we need some better planning of infrastructure better infrastructure planning do you agree with Steve McCabe their curity of both meanwhile big response to whether or not you support a public holiday uh to honor the queen no to a paid public holiday if there is sufficient support um, maybe but no I do not our small businesses cannot afford another day at time and a half much to discuss on the panel